You are listening to episode 59 of the Level Up Your Wedding Business Podcast. Today, I am introducing a new series here on the podcast called Hot Seats, where I bring one listener onto the show to ask a question during a 20-minute coaching call. I'm your host, Taylor Petrinovich, and at the core of this show, I want you to feel inspired to take your business to the next level. And I want to give you the tools and practical advice to help you along the way. So let's level up together. If you want to apply for a future hot seat episode, be sure to head on over to our free Facebook group, the Level Up Your Wedding Business Community. You can find it by searching on Facebook or by visiting thelevelupco.com slash community. I will be putting out calls for future hot seat episodes there. I will see you in the group. Hey, Ryan, what's up? Hey, Taylor. Good morning. Good morning. So you have a question prepared for us. Sure. Um, So, you know, I am a wedding videographer. Uh, My business is Forever Green Films and 2021 is the first season for me uh, doing this on my own. Uh, I've been second shooting up until this point. And, you know, my question is really, if I'm looking to replace my full-time job with this in the next two to three years, what types of things should I be looking at now to really position myself to a higher and higher budget clientele, um, rather than spend the next, I, I don't know, six to eight years really kind of working on a linear ramp, if that makes sense. Um, and so, you know, really, I thought, I'd like to get started by asking you, you know, based on your own experience, what types of things do you feel like you did right, uh, to get to the point you're at right now in such a short period of time? Yeah, okay, so this is a great question. And I love that you're asking it. And um I think this is like the age old question that everyone wants to know, you know, um, I will start off by saying, I think that you're going to have, um, a much smoother time since you have a full-time job that can kind of support you along your journey of, um, you know, moving forward in your side hustle and to making it full-time. So I will say that that's an advantage. And so you should run with it the best that you can. Um, in my experience, it boils down to three things. Um, number one is going to be forming very strategic relationships. The second one is building a highly intentional and curated portfolio. And the third one is going to be, um, your branding. Your branding really needs to be targeted towards who you want to be serving. Sure. So, you know, I think at the beginning, um, I was looking more into, um, kind of an adventure and elopement subset. And I mean, I think that that is still a possibility, but the more I look into the types of weddings I'm booking, I feel like it's going to need to be focused on the nicer venues, ballrooms, things like that, in order to get to the point um, that I want to be at. Uh, And so, you know, for me, obviously client budget isn't everything, right? I want to be known for putting out the best possible work. Um, But if I'm looking to go full-time, client budget has to be a consideration, right? Yeah. So do you know your numbers? Do you know roughly how many weddings you want to be shooting and at what price point you need to be at? Yeah. So, I mean, really, I need to hit the six figure mark for me. So it could be 20 weddings at 5,000. That's really the number that I have in my head right now. Um, I don't know that I could do any more than that while I'm making the transition from full time to full time job to full time videographer. Well, 20 weddings is a lot. So (laughs) I I wouldn't want you to do more than that anyway. So I think, you know, 5k is a totally um, attainable figure for a wedding film, um, especially here in the US. 
for those listening to the podcast right now who are outside of the U.S., I totally understand that your markets are different. So take this with a grain of salt. We have a different market here um, in the United States. But yeah, so starting at square one, I would say that piece first piece of advice would be to dump every dollar that you make from your business right back into your business. I would not take a profit from it. Um, at all this calendar year if you can, especially if your full-time job supports you financially, which it sounds like that's the case, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I would just plan on investing every dollar you make back into your business and focus on um, number one, getting as many um, repetitions under your belt. So I know that you said that you spent some time second shooting, but I do think it would behoove you <laughs> to book a handful of lower priced weddings and just get some reps in so that you kind of um, can think on your feet on the wedding day, you've experienced it firsthand, you know how to lead a team, etc. cetera. Uh, but don't spend too long in that, you know, price range in the low, low price ranges. I think that that's something that a lot of people um, get trapped into. Um, they, they charge, you know, 1500 bucks for a wedding film, $2,000, and they have a hard time climbing out of that. So we're not yes. in it um, <laughs> for anything other than experience on the wedding day and like dealing with your clients. Um, the next thing I would suggest is to just start working on building portfolio pieces. So however you want to do that um, is up to you. I'm a huge fan of editorials and styled shoots. I talk about it a lot. I think that um, a lot of the wedding industry, um, it's, it's very popular to do styled shoots, but um, videographers are a little slower to kind of hop on that train. Um, so we can kind of play with that and get ahead of the curve. Um, be wary of the types of styled shoots that you take. Be very intentional which, <laughs> with which ones and um, don't just say yes to every opportunity. Um, I would even recommend exploring the possibility of um, planning your own styled shoot and hiring, not asking someone to collaborate with you, but hiring a planner and designer to bring um, kind of an elevated vision to life because clients are looking at you and looking at your portfolio and they're either, either seeing themselves in you or they're not, right? So we want to like put our best foot forward um, and bringing someone on your team who knows how to create these kinds of looks and aesthetic is going to be really powerful in your portfolio and like marketing efforts. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I have done uh, one styled shoot and I enjoyed it, but I think, you know, for me, I hear about people looking to get published and things like that. And that's something that I would love to attempt to do at some point, but I feel like I'm going to need to plan it myself or engage a planner, like you said, in the area. Yeah. Um, it had like, there's been figures thrown around in the wedding industry a, a lot, but I mean, if you want to plan a styled shoot, that's like really going to serve you long-term for a few years, I mean, plan on investing up to like $5,000 in a really great shoot. You may have to pay the venue if you um, want to target one of these like high-end venues in your area. A lot of them, um, if you're not like a well-known person in your area, aren't just going to let you come shoot for free. So you may have to pay the site rental fee, um, but that's okay. Like just look at it as like an investment in your future. And the more you're willing to put into it now, the farther you are going to get, the faster. Um, that So Style Shoes has been like a huge um, strategy in my own business. Um, I hadn't booked any weddings at like the level that I wanted to be booking. And so I sought out 
kind of these editorial opportunities on my own and planned a few. And that like immediately started attracting the kind of clients I was trying to attract with them. So, I mean, just from my personal experience, it works really well. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. Um, you know, my, my year is full at this point. I mean, I've had a couple of postponements and cancellations that I'm looking to backfill, but um, and I'm, I'm in that $2,000, $2,500 range right now. And I love my clients. Uh, but like you said, I, I don't want to be there forever, right? And I need to get examples of work out there that really speak to the people who have higher budgets. So this makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, so then kind of talking about your experience a little bit more, uh, what types of things do you wish you'd done differently over the last couple of years? Um, I would say... The biggest one would have been to find um, like a mentor or people who knew what they were doing to kind of be in my corner and kind of like help me out. Um, for the first like two, two and a half years, I was really just like going through the motions of um, working in my business and not on my business, so to speak. So it was just like book a wedding, go film it, edit it, and then repeat. But I wasn't really doing anything um, like intentional to grow. And so if I would have like known about like different intricacies of the industry and known like how to play the game, so to speak, I think I could have like grown a lot faster. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm super happy with where I am now. I just think that I could have achieved it <laughs> on a shorter timeline. Um, I just didn't know. And so relationships are truly everything. Um, the more relationships that you can have like within your market um, with like-minded vendors of all types, I mean, it can be florists, makeup artists, planners, venue owners, like any, any kind of, um, relationship that you can form where maybe they're a step or two ahead of you and they can kind of, um, give you some insight. I think that is like worth your time and effort. Oh, that's perfect. Um, and in fact, relationships is one of the big things I wanted to ask about, you know, for you, have those relationships come mostly organically, you know, from working together at weddings or is it something that you sought out and intentionally established with people? Um, definitely both. So I like to say to treat every wedding like an audition for your next wedding. Um, and that really just means going above and beyond, not only for the client, but for the entire vendor team and like being um, just so nice, so helpful and great to work with because um, those are, that is an organic way to start building relationships without having to seek them out. So I've absolutely done that. Um, going back to the styled shoot thing, that's a great way to build relationships, like working relationships, not just like, Hey, let's go get coffee or we're going to talk on Instagram. Like it's like, you guys are working around each other. You get a feel for each other. And it's like a great way to establish that working relationship in a lower pressure environment. But again, the same thing, like treat it like an audition and go above and beyond in every capacity possible. Um, but I 100% sought out relationships very intentionally. Um, this is like so funny. I talk about this. So Ryan is in my Elevate Mastermind group. So he gets some extra um, education and insight and conversations that podcast listeners don't get. But um, I've said this before in the group. So he he's going to know what I'm talking about. Um, my good friend, Ashley Baumgartner, who uh, I don't know if she listens to this or not, but like I sought out a relationship with her highly intentionally because um, I knew that we were on the same trajectory in our businesses. I'm a cinematographer. She's a photographer. We're like 
can work symbiotically together. She has a podcast. So I reached out to her and started building a relationship with her very intentionally. And um, now we're great friends and we work together all the time and it's perfect. So I mean, um, yeah, I'm sure you see people online who you can kind of see a little bit of yourself in them and it's totally fine to go out and start those intentional relationships. And I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. So for anybody listening that happens to be in the Pennsylvania area, uh, I can be your new best friend. There we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. Um, so, you know, you, you talked about relationships, you talked about portfolio and then branding. Um, you know, talking about branding, I know that we've got the age old argument of do you use your own name or do you use a business name? We won't jump into that. Um, but what types of things do you think you know, are good to focus on to really market to a higher end clientele and, and not just like visual branding, but like branding experience too, because I feel like that's an area where, you know, my full-time job is in operations. So I'm good at like the mechanics of everything in the system, but I really, uh, I think need to ramp up my focus on customer experience. Yeah. So I think, some people have a hard time getting around the mental block that branding is not just a pretty logo and your colors like branding is the essence of your business so it's literally the way you as the owner operator look dress talk act on a wedding day and online it's um you know the copy that you use even in your instagram captions it's what you're posting in your stories it's literally the entire essence of you in your business um and i think the best way to kind of formulate your branding, it would start by observing other brands that you kind of want to emulate, not copy. We don't need to copy anybody here, but um, brands that you look up to and you know that are serving a very similar clientele that you want to serve. Um, so a lot of people use the example of like the Ritz-Carlton um, hotel chain. So like not competing industry at all and just observing what they do, um, what their client interaction is, like how they anticipate needs, um, and go above and beyond and the verbiage that they're using as well. Um, so there's a big difference between, um, hopping onto Instagram stories and being like, I don't know, like using slang and, um, I don't know, maybe choosing what you talk about. Um, I think some people will kind of be a little bit more negative um, on Instagram stories, but I think keeping everything like positively framed and like polished, even though it's supposed to be like a more raw version of you, um, you're still representing your brand. So um, never forgetting that everything you put online and every interaction you have should like be representative of where you want to go. Um, I have like a little cheat sheet, um, with okay. like, key yeah, keywords that I use in my business, um, just kind of over and over again, you know, people need to see the same messaging. What's the statistic now? Like 13 times before, like <laughs> they remember it. So I just make sure I use the same words, same phrasing, um, things like that over and over again. And so that's something that you can kind of replicate. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And, you know, social media, I feel like is my Achilles heel right now. Um, actually, I'd, I'd love to ask you about this. So, you know, I am naturally an introvert. Uh, I don't use social media a lot in my personal life. And I feel like this is really where I struggle because I understand posting the work to social media, right? I just, I, there's not a ton of that. I don't feel like it's enough to generate like a consistent stream of, of posts on Instagram and certainly not stories. Um, do you feel like an introvert can survive on Instagram? Um, or do I really need to try to overcome 
that part of my personality and, and put myself out there more. Well, as a fellow introvert, <laughs> I can understand. Um, so as videographers, we do have like a struggle that most sectors of the industry don't have in that like we're not posting images, like we're posting video. And so um, it's kind of hard to have a, a, a good amount of volume to be posting. Um, but speaking to your um, not wanting to be <laughs> um, kind of on Instagram as like a person, um, I think it's fine however you want to do it. Like you don't have to show your face. You don't have to talk to the camera on Instagram stories if you don't want to. It's a totally personal choice and lots of brands don't and they're highly successful and that's totally fine. But I will say that you can, it's kind of like when you're writing a letter to somebody that you're mad at, but you never send it. Like you can practice, you know, don't even do it in the Instagram app. Just like turn the camera on yourself and talk to the camera as if you're going to post it on Instagram. Um, but then don't, if you don't want to, and you can just do that a couple times a week and you may become more comfortable with it. <laughs> uh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And you know, looking at the the vendors in my area that I look up to that clearly, you know, kind of command the market they're all positioning themselves as experts in their field. And it's like this constant stream of Instagram stories talking to couples about, you know, there's one planner in particular that's got 10 stories a day of just advice and here's behind the scenes. And, and um, it's great. I watch all of them. I just, I have a hard time seeing myself fitting into that, but I feel like it's such a powerful tool to, to get my business to where I want to go. So maybe I just need to, suck it up and practice in front of the mirror, like you said. <laughs> well, I, d I think that it's less important to seem like an expert to a lot of people. And it's more important to establish like a no like, and trust factor with a select few individuals who are going to be working with you. Um, so it's kind of like, we want to do business with people. We don't want to do business with like faceless corporations. And I think it's more of an effort to humanize you, <laughs> um, than it is to like, be a quote unquote expert, unless they're like a speaker at like big events or anything. Uh, but as we have um, a few more minutes here, do you have any, any last minute questions that we can touch on before we got to end, end the call? Sure. So, you know, you talked about investing. What are your, your top recommendations for investing the money back into the business? Um, yeah. So I would say branding should be number one. You can't go anywhere without solid branding. So whether that's like hiring a brand designer, a website designer, whatever. Um, I'm not sure if you've already done that or not, but I would say start there if you haven't. Um, and then the next one would be investing in curating your um, portfolio. So whether that means attending workshops or creating your own style shoots, I would say that's pretty high on the priority list. And then number three would be um, investing in relationships and whether you want to be um, you know, sending vendors gifts. I don't know um, how that works. I've never done that. Just like cold calling or like cold gifting people. So I can't speak from experience, but um, you could start considering attending events um, like, um, like WIPA has events, NACE, um, and some of those, like you have to pay dues. So that would be a good place to like invest your money or, um, larger, um, uh, events like what wedding MBA is an option. I know that we're still here in COVID land. Um, but once that wraps up <laughs> the, in the world kind of allows Hopefully not that. much longer. Yeah. I know maybe next year. Um, but I would say that that's a good place to, to start. I noticed you didn't have gear anywhere on that list. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with gear. I mean, get the things that you need to create what you want to create, but like, don't go too crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. I think I'm comfortable <laughs> buying gear. All of these, uh, all of these require me to push my boundaries a little bit. So I like that. Yeah. Gear's fun, but we can go overboard sometimes. All right. Well, thank you very much, Taylor. I appreciate it. Awesome, Ryan. Thank you so much. And I will see you in the mastermind group. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm on a mission to inspire my fellow wedding creatives to take their businesses to that next level. And I can't do it without you. It would mean the world to me if you would please leave a review for the podcast and share it on your Instagram stories. Just don't forget to tag me at the level up co so I can see it. Doing these things will help other wedding professionals find the show so we can all raise the industry up together one person at a time until next time, friends, just keep pushing forward.